Still stuck in the Gospels, want to talk a little bit about Holy Week. If you're down to hear more about that, it's time to go off the top. I'm the Holiday Armadillo! I'm a friend of Santa's, and he sent me here to wish you a Merry Christmas! What happened to Santa, Holiday Armadillo? Santa was unavailable, so close to Christmas. Well, come in, have a seat. You must be exhausted coming all the way from Texas. Texas? That's right, Ben. I'm Santa's representative for all the southern states and Mexico. But Santa sent me here to give you these presents, Ben. Maybe the lady will help me with these presents. Wow, thanks. You're welcome, Ben. Merry Christmas. Ooh, and... Happy Hanukkah! Are you for Hanukkah too? Because I'm part Jewish. <gasps> you are? Me too! Because armadillos also wandered in the desert? You want to wander in the hall? <laughs> hey, Ben! What if the holiday armadillo told you all about the Festival of Lights? Cool. Hey, good people. Welcome back to Off the Top. Uh, it's Holy Week, and I've been thinking about just in my personal life how I've been going back through this story um, of Jesus's uh, final week. And in the Gospels, we've been talking a little bit about the Synoptics versus John. However, the Passion Week is is the one place that we call something that is in the triple tradition, meaning that all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all three synoptics agree on this last week of Jesus's life. And in fact, mostly the gospels are dealing with this last week. Um, as we talked about redaction last time, we'll see as we go through the narrative of the last week of Jesus, why each individual would include something the other one doesn't. But for the most part, all of the events of Holy Week uh, take place within each of the Gospels and a good portion of the same events happen in John and so we're going to go through that a little bit there'll be a lot of page turning for me because I have some verses uh, that I want to do for you guys so forgive the sound of pages turning um, but I'm excited to jump in I think it's super important first um, because we are saved by the grace of Israel's God to acknowledge what was happening leading up to uh, Palm Sunday. And we know that Palm Sunday is the day that Jesus rides into Jerusalem and we'll get to that and then we'll outline some of the major days within Holy Week. And what I hope to do is in subsequent episodes, dive a little bit deeper into each day and what might have been going on uh, for them. So we find Jesus um, in 
um, near in and near Jerusalem for the Feast of Dedication. Um, and that would have been, it's also referred to as the Festival of Lights. Um, and that is a holiday that they celebrated that had to do with the Maccabees. And so um, for those who aren't familiar, I'm going to give a little bit of history on the Maccabean Revolt. So what happens is um, Antioch, Antiochus Epiphanes uh, destroys the temple. He sets up what we would say is an abomination um, in the temple itself. Um, and so there is a group of Jewish dissidents, I guess you could say, or rebels, that decide to have some guerrilla warfare tactics, and they end up actually beating the Seleucid dynasty, which is crazy. So what ends up happening is the Maccabees um, set up different tactics all around the area of the temple. They end up driving the Seleucid Empire out. And what they do is they begin to rededicate the temple to the Lord. Well, what happens is, and if this is the tradition and where we get Hanukkah and the menorah from, is that there was this one jug of oil that they found when they were rededicating the temple and they were going to kind of light uh, a candle and it was only supposed to last for one day. However, miraculously, the candle was lit for eight days. And so that's where we get the whole... Um, holiday of Hanukkah and um, the cool thing about that is like it takes eight days for the oil to be to be made and uh, prepared to light the menorah so that's a little bit of the story um, it ends kind of sad I mean they they do set up a has the Hasmonean dynasty um, uh, but they also are defeated at Masada um, and then that's when we start to see the Greeks and the Romans come in to take over the temple and the Judean countryside and all of those things become uh, uh, conquered, I guess you could say, by Greeks and then the Romans. Um, and so that's where we are when we get to Jesus. So it's important to think about that because when we see Jesus uh, kind of going up into um, Holy Week, I think it's really important to think about what they would have been celebrating um, during the festival of dedication. So let's look at John 10 really quickly. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up, and you have not let my enemies rejoice over me. Lord my God, I cried to you for help, and you healed me. You brought up my soul from Sheol. You kept me alive that I would not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you his godly ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Now as for me, I said in my prosperity, I'll never be moved. And Lord, by your favor, you made my mountain to stand strong. You did hide your face, and I was dismayed. But to you, Lord, I called, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. For you have turned from me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and girded me with gladness that my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. According to tradition, 
the Jewish people would have recited Psalm 30 during the time of the Feast of Dedication. A lot of the things that would have also gone on in that time frame was the spinning of a dreidel to trick those who would come to check on them into thinking they were gambling instead of reciting Torah. And so it's a really interesting um, thing to note that this would have been the psalm that would have been on the hearts and minds of everyone as they were celebrating this feast as Jesus was coming onto the scene letting them know essentially what he was about to do was mimic the same scenario that had taken place that caused them to recite Psalm 30. All right, so we're here in John um, chapter 10, verse 22, and I'm probably going to read up until about 40. Um, so here we go. At that time, the Feast of the Dedication, which we just talked about, took place at Jerusalem. So Jesus is in Jerusalem for this feast. It was winter. That's important. And Jesus was walking into the temple in the portico of Solomon. The Jews gathered around him and were saying to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you don't believe. The works that I do, I do in my Father's name, and these testify of me. But you don't believe because you're not my sheep. <laughs> Savagery. He goes on to say, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of his hand. I and the Father are one. Now I want to pause here because it's so deep to me. Um, when you think about what Jesus is communicating here, he's saying that his the people who follow him were given to him by the Father. So um, if you are following Christ, if you're following Jesus, um, how does it make you feel to know that your yes to Jesus was actually a gift to him from his Father? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, it's really hard to hate yourself if that's true. So he says, no one can snatch uh, my sheep out of my hand and they can't snatch us out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And what I want to point out to you all is when, when somebody is in your hand, um, to be snatched out, to, to make it impossible to be snatched out of the hand of someone, that person has to be gripping you. <laughs> and so I just want you to think about that um, as you think about Holy Week, as you think about what is accomplished in the Christian worldview this week, um, the fact that there is this grip of God the Father and God the Son on us. Um, and it's so tight that nobody can snatch us out of their hand. It's a it's a Trinitarian grip on us, which is amazing. <laughs> he says, I and the Father are one. And what he's talking about, that oneness there, is in their commitment to keeping us. <laughs> so he and his Father are committed to keeping us so that no one could take us from him. That is amazing. So, of course, the Jews pick up stone. We're in verse 31. The Jews picks up, pick up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answers them, 
I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? And the Jews answered him, It's not for good work that we're stoning you, but because you're blaspheming. And because you, a man, are making yourself out to be God. And Jesus answered them, Has it not been written in your law? I said you are God's. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scriptures cannot be broken, do you say of him who the father sanctified and sent into the world you are blaspheming because I said I am the son of God? If I do not do the works of my father, then don't believe me. Super simple. But if I do do them, though you do not believe me, believe the works so that you may know and understand that the father is in me and I am in the father. And therefore, so they don't hear nothing, he says. Therefore, they were seeking again to seize him. <laughs> and he eluded their grasp. And again, I um, I just find it so interesting, um, this motif. And this would be something like that we talked about. This would be literary criticism. Because what John is doing is he's showing you the picture of hands and grips. And the fact that God is gripping us, but we never get a grip on God, Right. So here Jesus has said this thing that is super offensive to them and he's just talked about grips and he's just talked about things being in his grasp. And at the very end of the story, they, they try to grasp and get a hold on Jesus and he eludes them. He slips through their fingers. And I think the lesson there is that whatever it is that God is trying to say, even though I'm even though I'm trying to communicate what it means for me to be in the Father and the, for the Father to be in me and for you to be in us, I know that that's a lot to wrap your mind around. But the point is, you're not going to wrap your mind around it. But just worry, just just know that God has his hands wrapped around us. And so, of course, he went away. He goes back to where John was baptizing him. And so now we get into this place where it almost feels like there's this microcosm of his life that he's about to do from the from the from basically Hanukkah to Holy Week. And he goes back to the place beyond the Jordan. We'll pick up another time where he ends up in Bethany and see what happens there. But it says at this point, he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was first baptizing and he stayed there. Okay, so he's in the in the region of, of the Jordan, which would have been um, that would have been east, I believe, because, um, yes, that would have been east and to the north of him would have been the Dead Sea. So he's kind of making his way. And it says many came to him and were saying, while John performed no sign, yet everything John said about this man was true and many believed in him there. So it's this it's this beautiful picture um, again, this beautiful redaction that John the apostle does in saying all of these things are culminating in the fact that that me and the Father are one, and I'm actually going to show you that he's going to go back to the place it began, to the place he was baptized, and he's going to show us from this point on all the way through to the end of Holy Week who he is and what does it mean for God to not only grab a hold of us. Um, but to keep us there. And in the midst of that, he vindicates John the Baptist's ministry because many believed in him there. So we'll pick back up next week. Hope you enjoyed that. And thanks for listening to Off the Top. I just wanted you to know. Woo! Woo!